Welcome to Adversarial Distancing. Welcome to Adversarial Distancing, Episode 2, only like two months after the first episode when we said we're going to be doing this all the time, but we didn't do it all the time. We're doing it we're now. We're back. We're back. Yeah. In, you know, the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago, and the uh, next best time is uh, two weeks after that. I'm sort so. of, uh, I'm more in pulling weeds mode rather than planting trees mode. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's a hot, it's a hot summer already here in Seattle. It's it's been nice. I've been uh, been taking the lack of commute as an opportunity to invest in my yard. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be sitting there looking at it, it, makes sense to make it look better. Um. Yeah. So I I uh, I, I can't grow things. I, I it's not a it's not a skill that I have, but I, I can sometimes kill things. So I, I've been putting down. A weed barrier everywhere and covering it with wood chips everywhere and like shoveling wheelbarrows full of wood chips from here to there and smothering them smothering the area right around my house with wood chips uh have you used any uh gasoline and burning or anything like that my um, I, I thought about trying to buy various poisons but uh yeah my family wasn't really on board with that plan but um as part of this i keep going to lowe's and like going to lowe's you would never know there was a quarantine um oh. Because they're not, um, you know, some stores, they say they didn't count how many people will go inside and Lowe's doesn't seem to be counting how many people go inside. Um, and some stores, people will say, oh yeah, it's pretty empty in there. Lowe's is not pretty empty in there. The only thing they do is when you're standing in the checkout line, they make you stand like six feet apart. Just get oh yeah. But, but like other than that, on the ground. other than that, you would never know it was like a quarantine or a shelter in place or a social distancing or anything. And people are in masks for the most part. Yeah. But, I've gone to Home Depot to pick up a couple tools, um, and I did curbside pickup, and that was actually pretty nice. I just uh, show up, show them your driver's license, and open your back deck, and they they bring the stuff out. So uh, I haven't been inside, but I, I have been to True Value, and they do the same thing. They actually do count uh, in and out a uh, number of people, and they have all the plexiglass, and everybody's has uh, gloves and masks on, and tons of hand sanitizer. So I, w- I want to hear about your treehouse. Um, I saw it on Twitter. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, it is, it, it's something we've been talking about for a few years now. And uh, I think I drew a couple of drawings over, over the years, just give, give my wife and, and older kid an idea of what I was thinking. And finally uh, I just, you know, we've been talking about it, I guess over the past few months as something that we could do this summer. And then one weekend, I think it was, it was two weekends ago. I said, oh, you know what? I should just build that treehouse now. And so I uh, staked it out with, you know, with a plumb bob, got every every place I wanted to attach it to the tree, made a lumber list and picked up some lumber and uh, brought it home and then started started nailing stuff to the tree. And it is uh, so far, I think it's about 80% done. I have um, the whole deck done. I have railing all around i need to get uh, and i've um some tongue and groove um cedar siding on a few of the walls the shorter walls i need to put some more of that stuff up and then 
there's a few other things planned, but uh, everybody's pretty excited about it here. Did you plant the tree yourself? No, the tree came here. Came, came with the with the house. It's an old apple tree. It's probably, you know, it could be 50 years old. Um, it could be and 50 now it's got nails years. in it. Now it's got lag bolts in it, and it's lag got, bolts in it. <laughs> yeah, man, you're not supposed to do it. I think you're not supposed to build. You're not supposed to to do that to the tree. But um, I figured, uh, what's the who, worst that who, can happen? Yeah, who is the tree gonna tell, right? Hey, man. Yeah, and and also, you know, yeah, the worst that's gonna happen is uh, after I don't know nine months of rain, the lag bolts will come loose and uh, it'll sag. So I've actually gotten. Uh, I, I, you know, you do a code review when your neighbors come over to look at what you're doing. And, um, two, two of my neighbors said, uh, you're going to want to post in that corner. Uh, cause it, it does rock a little bit, but I'm just going to see how it goes. And, uh, it's actually, it's, it's a self, it's self-contained, uh, to be really, really firm. So the whole tree wobbles and, you know, when, when you jump around, uh, the whole, the whole thing wobbles together. So, we're going to see how it goes and it's going to be a work in progress. Um, uh, I th- might be putting a trap door in on one wall and a fireman's pole on the back wall for quick escapes. And um, then we still have to figure out the roof. How's a, how are you and the family holding up? I feel like we're thriving. I, um, the you know the kids haven't been in school for two months. My wife's been doing um, some of the lesson plans with with the kids with the older kids. The preschool hasn't sent anything home, so you know we're giving up all hope of any kind of uh, you know college or advanced degree for her. Um, but the older second grader has a lot of work workbooks and things like that online that get sent home, and so they do about an hour an hour and a half of that, and then. Um, Generally, they go on mysteryscience.com and just explore stuff, ask questions, and then run experiments. And they do a lot of running around outside. Uh, my wife found that uh, recess is really important. It's important to enforce breaks and just kick them outside for a bit. Um, and we, you know, we we've we've had some. My wife and I have had some disagreements over the past couple of months about protocols and whether masks work and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, that's been beaten to, to a pulp, but uh, generally we have a pretty, pretty aligned view on what's cautious behavior and what's, what's safe. And, um, you know, my work, my work environment is the same because I rent an office space and I can still go there. So I'm, I'm still and my work has been remote for about 12 years. So uh, at this point um, I'm glad everybody else figured out they can do it. Uh, and I'm interested to see what that, what the, how that changes the, the face of the workplace as people are talking about. But um, for me, you know, all my customers and, and everybody I work with is adjusting. And, you know, I got to say, I have, I, I feel uh, we're fortunate and uh, I've, I've been, uh, we've been able to, to thrive and, and tolerate it pretty well. How about you guys? Um, I'm doing fine. I don't really need to leave the house that much other than to go to Lowe's to buy weed killer. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's doing fine. She goes on walks a couple times a day, and she doesn't really need to leave the house other than that either. Um, it's my daughter who's really uh, finding it the most challenging. She's mm-hmm. like, she's the extrovert in the family. She misses her friends. She doesn't like being cooped up all day. Um, so she's playing a lot of Minecraft, uh, 
online like multi- multiplayer so she can hang out with people yeah she has although like you know one of her friends is, is into some drama or something like uh so they're, they're having some sort of <laughs> online beef or in a way that like only nine-year-old girls can only um, like i can do basically is what right. you're saying well i i mean at least at least when i have an online beef it it's you know over something substantial these are like you didn't respond to my text fast enough you must not be my friend anymore and uh, i guess it's no, i guess it's sort of the same as mine but um that's hard yeah so there's that um you know we did this thing last week no it was actually this week someone recommended it to me where at the microsoft store um typically they have these like uh minecraft sessions uh, um you know, in the in-store or whatever, but they've mm-hmm. made them virtual. Um, and oh. so this week I, I signed her up for one of those, um, like a virtual online Minecraft session run by the Microsoft Store. And uh, she really enjoyed it, actually. She was much more engaged than I usually see her being engaged in things. Cool. Um, so we'll do that. And um, one of my neighbors turned me on to OutSchool, which is basically – combination of like one-off or recurring classes for kids mm-hmm. um and so we've ended up in this equilibrium where basically like i insist that she do three out school classes a week which she's not really happy about but um <clears throat> but basically uh she's like i don't want to do a class you can't make me do a class i'm like look you've come to me 20 times this week and said i'm bored so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because you're bored like i'm giving you something to do and you have no choice if if you ever stop being bored, then you know we'll reevaluate and maybe we can think about this. But anyway, um, it's it's the sort of thing where I signed her up for like a bunch of classes, and she'll never admit she likes any of them, even when she likes them. Like, oh. so so it's really hard. And I'm like, look, I don't care if you like them. I mean, obviously, I want her to like them. I'm like, I don't care if you like them or not. But like, if you tell me which ones you like, I can look for more classes like those. And if you tell me which yeah. ones you don't like, I look for less classes like yeah. uh, like those. And she she, she won't bite. Like we literally just a few minutes ago, uh, she, she took a, a Python class. Oh wow! Um, what kind? Of, what kind of project? Or I, I, I sat there and watched it. It was I, I, it was actually pretty well done. It's funny. Like she and I started doing little Python programs um, the last few weeks. Um, okay. Oh yeah, oh, I saw you doing uh, hang hang cat or something like that. Or? Hang chicken. Yeah. So the first one we did was a, like a guessing game, right? Where you guess yeah. and says higher, lower, and you keep guessing. And we did uh-huh. uh, hang chicken, so like hangman, but with a chicken. Uh, I like those games. So I always just get the word list from user shared dict words. Uh, and so I'm like, I don't even have to hunt down a word list. I'll just use the Unix one. Um, so so that's a trick. I, I I use that for like interview questions too. Um, uh-huh. When I want people to do like boggle or whatever. Um, so we did that one. Um, we did a Mad Libs, uh, mm-hmm. where, where that one was pretty good, actually. I um, I found, like, a paper that someone wrote at Microsoft Research about doing NLP on Mad Libs, and so as part of that, they released a data set of Mad Libs. Um, and so I just downloaded that data set and used it as the Mad Libs in my game. Um, and then we did Mastermind, which is, which is less fun uh, oh. than the regular one. Um, and my we kids started, love that, that game, that, just the real game. Yeah. We started, and yesterday we started doing uh, War, the card game. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But I, I couldn't remember all the rules for, like, when it, there's when a lot of a weird edge cases, stuff. right? Like, what if yeah. what if we tie and I have no more cards left? Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? I mm-hmm. And things like that where it's like, oh, God, to get all this right would actually be um, suck all the joy out of programming this. Anyway, so this Python class that she just took, they started off by doing 
the guessing game, um, which which Madeline's like, okay, whatever. See, been there, done that. And then of course she's like, they only did one to a hundred, but when we did ours, it was one to a thousand. So she was not impressed by theirs because it was only one to a hundred. Uh huh. Sure. Easy. Um, That's for babies. But but then they did they did one which which I thought was was good. But he called it a chat bot. But it was literally just um, a series of input statements. So it'd say like input one, you know, x one equals input. What is your name? And then in the second one, it would say you know x two equals input. Whoa, x one, that's so weird. X one is my name. And it'd like ask you questions, and then as long as you answered them properly, it would use them to oh, make a funny little chatbot. I mean, if you oh, cool. yeah. if you went off script, it, it, it would not react well you know like so it's like that, really really simple eliza um not even not even eliza because you're only answering questions right so it's like what's your favorite piece of topping and so if you say pepperoni then it works but if you say i don't like pizza then it doesn't work oh, because it'll perfect. just say yeah. my favorite i would say oh, i just ate a pizza with i don't like pizza yesterday so like uh-huh. anyway yeah. so that don't work so that one was good um and then they did a Mad Libs. They did a different Mad Libs. So I did my Mad Libs was a traditional Mad Libs where like it asks you for an adjective, you put one in. It asks you for a noun, you put one in, and so on. Um, the one they did was basically um, you write a story with blanks. You make a Python list for each of the blanks, so a blank could be a color. You make a list of colors, and then you just run it and use random choice to pick one. So you're not the computer's generating a random story each time. They called that Mad Libs, even though I wouldn't call that Mad Libs. But yeah. uh, the kids, the kids seem to like it and get a kick out of it. So, so I, you know, I, I thought it was pretty well done for an hour for like you know eight to twelve year olds. What's um, the, how do they deal with the environment when they they have kids doing those things? How do they? Get oh no, no, no. So the the kids weren't doing it. Like the kids were watching and saying things. Oh, okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. But, but oh. the instructor, yeah, in an hour you're never gonna get like eight year olds to do that much yeah. stuff. He's just typing. He'd type something. He'd say, oh, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, oh stuff okay. like that. Mm-hmm. But, and then afterwards, he sent them the code and, and links to run it and things like that. But, cool. um, yeah, it was it was good. And she was laughing and having, she was having a good time. Um, okay. And then afterwards, I asked her, how would you like that class? She's like, eh, it was fine. <laughs> That's funny. We we actually kept going with um, some after-school uh, classes that we had at Ian. And um, it's a jump rope class. And so the gal who runs it after school just has her own uh, business doing these classes, and she was able to just flip over and have all the kids get in front of a, a laptop and get and start jumping rope together at their own house. So she actually pivoted really quickly and got it working, and she's doing two days a week of that class, uh, continuing on that. So it's really fun, and um, she she gets a big kick out of it. We haven't done any coding. Uh, we, well, we did. We did. I I think when we first, when school first was canceled, uh, I did sign up to do some some extra math stuff, and that's when I got Sage Math open and letter type, you know, chalk plus apron and stuff like that. She got a kick out of that. But yeah. I'm we uh, we haven't done much. I I I do a lot of drills at dinner, and you know, just when I feel like it, I ask her you know, what's 42 minus seven and things like that. And then she quizzes me back, but we don't do anything heavy. The other, the other thing I did that was interesting, actually. Um, so my, my wife just ordered a new computer. So we gave Madeline the, the old one. So now she has a laptop for the first time. Um, oh, wow. she, she never did. But um, 
I downloaded uh, an interactive fiction interpreter. So, you know, like, remember, like, old school text adventure games? Yeah, yeah. Zork or Colossal yeah. Cave or whatever. Yeah, so now, um, now, now she can play those on, on her laptop. Um, oh, cool. And there's some that, like, you know, people are still making them. There's still contests for them every year. And so, um, so there's some you can find that are, like, good for kids or whatever. Although they're still kind of hard. Um, but 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 I think she finds it pretty interesting to just you know here's this world and I can type in mm-hmm. what I want to happen and you know explore. I, yeah I mean I, when I first was in front of a terminal I was playing that game adventure and I remember I, I don't even think I ever got very far on that game it was like you're you're in a field there's a house and I don't know if I ever got anywhere on that game uh, but uh, it stuck with me yeah so that's that's another that's another so there's that. Um, there's Minecraft. There's um, what else? We and by we I mean not me, but the rest of my family is really into uh, Netflix. A couple of years ago, did like a three season of all the series of unfortunate events, Lemony Snicket books. Okay. Have, you, have you done those books? No, no. We Addy just finished uh, Harry Potter for the for the first one, but yeah, uh, yeah. So if you're, they're pretty dark, um, but kind of funny. But they're. Uh, the, the series is pretty well done, and like they're watching it for like the third time. I oh, okay. I, I kind of faded out after uh, like three episodes. I I just I don't have the mental stamina to make it through a binge watch of a TV show. Yeah, we just recently finished all three um, Back to the Futures. Oh, interesting. Which, if you go watch them again, there's there's a lot of racy stuff that, that wouldn't fly these days. A lot, a lot of movies uh, are like that. Um, yes. Yeah. They they watched Mrs. Doubtfire the other day, and, and then I was like, that wasn't really appropriate. I said, what's it rated? She's like, I don't know. I look, it's PG-13. I'm like, right. Of course it's not appropriate. It's PG-13. Why right. watch a PG-13 movie? I mean, in Back to the Future, there's like a date rape scene, and it's like, oof, boy, maybe we could get this one to move fast forward. Uh, and Because I, I, I forgot all that stuff. I forgot, I forgot that that stuff was – there's a lot of violence, too. I mean, I was just remembering, like, uh, we were talking about Popeye and Brutus and Bluto and geez, those guys just beat the shit out of each other all the time. That's all I that did. The, that's why you watched it. Right. Right. That's, that was the whole thing. And Looney Tunes cartoons were just fucking brutal. Right. Like I'm and Jerry. Oh um, <laughs> Just nonstop. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I wish I had Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, cause I, I think, man, that was the pinnacle. And it's not just cause I was a kid then it's because, Artistically, I'm sure you can find them online. You can find anything online, right? I've tried. I've, it seems like it's hard. Yeah, you got to look in the darker corners of the internet. Got to go to what is it? Live? Uh, what's that? That uh, book piracy site? Libgen. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want Looney Tunes books, I guess you can find them there. <laughs> Looney, Tune, Looney Tunes nonfiction. So, do are you? Do you order food in? We don't often. Uh, we what we have as a protocol is uh, my we my spouse heard that it's it's recommended to have one person do shopping if you're going to do shopping, and so she took it on herself. She she'll go to the grocery store once or twice a week, and we cook at home all the time. Uh, which that's not much of a change for us. I mean, we didn't do a lot of restaurants before. Um, I think we probably order a meal in for dinner once or twice a year. Uh, we'll get pizza to go, bring it home, that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, but yeah we, we um, 
we have I have a, a sourdough starter uh, that I got from a friend that's over 100 years old. Um, trying not to kill it. I know. Put some put some lag bolts through it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it right in the fucking face. Um, I made two loaves of bread with it, and they were flat. They weren't that that round uh, that round sort of dome, but they tasted amazing, and they uh, they went over like a hit here. So uh, yeah, I, I've I've become like a power user of Instacart. I've like never. Oh. I, I think I think when I lived downtown five years ago, we used Instacart like twice, and I didn't like oh. it because I hated having to text message back and forth about substitutions. Oh, now, right, when yeah. Now I'm like the. I should sign up for the subscription because I, I give them so much money. I, I think I've probably spent like several hundred dollars on Instacart tips since the quarantine <laughs> has started. Like just on tips. Holy shit! Is that is that all? Is that all prepared meals or is that any? No, no. Is Instacart also... is grocery store. So like, oh, okay. I, it's uh, Fred Meyer. Um, oh yeah, okay. So, but it just it's it's worked really well. And these days, like, yeah. I get same day delivery on it all the time. So oh, just, cool. Bunch in my Fred Meyer shopping list and shows up on my doorstep a few hours yeah. later. It's it's great and it's funny. Last uh, so we haven't we haven't eaten out once since the quarantine started. And every time I suggest it, my wife's like, "And eh, doesn't yep. seem that safe." And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, but like think think about Thai food and, and uh, somehow she that's not as appealing to her as it is to me." I was like, "Let's just go to our favorite call our favorite Thai place, order like one of everything, and have them bring bring it." And she's like, "No." <laughs> Um, we we the last time we went out was I think there was this this sort of grace period where people were voluntarily staying home and I think school might have been canceled already or something and we you know we went to uh, we went out on our bikes to uh, and and I think you know the kids were kind of melting down and I said look let's just have a meal get them settled down and uh, and uh, you know that was it was it was a it was between the time when people were staying home and then, and restaurants were shut down like three days later. And the owner of that restaurant was beside herself. Uh, she was like, she was really grateful. We came in and she spent about five minutes to, or seven minutes chit chatting with us about what's going to happen and how she had to let people go. And we were just like, Oh yeah, well, we're probably never going to see you again. You know, like this is sucks, man. Um, so but yeah, we we've we will still um, there's a, there's a pizza shop in the in the grocery store near us that bakes pizzas and we pick them up sometimes. Um, I go to hardware stores. I've probably been to the hardware store six times uh, in the last two months, and uh, you know it's a it's a routine of uh, putting a mask on, sanitizing after I get out, and staying away from people. Um, but otherwise no, no stores really Our uh, our local book, uh, used bookstore has a deal now where you can buy books and they'll like leave them out it back like surreptitiously for you. Um, uh, and other than that, yeah, we do grocery stores, uh, rarely. And what else? Yeah. And so my routine is I, I drive home from my office space and I look to, at the Trader Joe to see if there's a line. And if, if there's no line, my wife hauls ass over there to, to get uh, get what we need sometimes. Um, but it's oh, weird, you know? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, so do you see this week that Twitter said they, they'll go to permanent remote or at least you can work remotely as long as you want indefinitely? I did see that, and I saw a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of opinions about it, and I saw I people. Know. 
Did did you <clears throat> did you see any notice that they're going to fix their broken thread UI? No. Me neither. <laughs> you mean you mean where you open it up and it says you have to click to get anything that's related in a reply and it has more tweets below it? Yeah, exactly. Though you like you click so on a thread and instead of showing you the thread, it shows you the first tweet in the thread and a view thread button and then more tweets that are like marginally related and sometimes they're, they're from just, people that you don't want to hear from. Yes, they're just other things. It is it is like what LinkedIn, you know, people for you used to be. It's just other people with a LinkedIn account. Yeah, here's the, here's some other tweets that aren't the ones you tried to click on to see. I don't uh, understand it. Uh, I'm sure someone did an A/B test and found that uh, that increased engagement. It probably did, right? Because what happens is you you scroll down and you're like, oh man, that's what I came to Twitter for, getting outraged and irate about shit I hate and didn't want to see. Yep. So so even somebody like me who has, I mean, you know, I block mercilessly and I have a nice fun feed. And when that happens to me, that's what, that's the, the, the trap I almost get into sometimes is, you know, it, cause they make it look like it's part of it's, it's a related thing. It's not at all. It's crazy. I almost never block on Twitter. Oh, I know that about you. And I don't understand that. So, it's, so I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's, it's like FOMO, right? So like, oh. what if I block this person and they have a really good tweet in the future and, I don't see oh, it. Oh, I actually, you know, and I've walked some blocks back uh, for uh, tactical or strategic reasons. When I have, uh, I've blocked, say, a brand, and then I want to um, invite that brand to be a sponsor of a conference that I'm running. Yeah, uh, that's something <laughs> where I've, you know, I've, I've even been about to hit the send button on a on a tweet announcing something, and I'm like, I'm trying to add, you know, whoever, Coca-Cola, let's say, was a Buffalo sponsor. Buffalo Wild Wings. I know I've sure. blocked them. but That's right. So BB Dubs. Uh, so you go at BB Dub, and it just doesn't pop up. And then when you go look for them, it's like, ooh, you blocked these guys. Yeah. So um, they, had some, they had some really irritating promoted tweets. So that, that's my that's my excuse. I keep getting a Wall Street Journal, uh, Wall Street Journal in my promotions right now. And it's like, man, I I don't need to see what you're, you're selling me uh, right. right now. You're selling me a paywall. Um, yeah. Do you think other companies will will not fix the tweet threads? But you think other companies will go permanent remote like Twitter, kind of prominently? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think uh, I have been lobbying for people to do that for so long that you know it's bittersweet that it took this to to get to where people know what it's like. But I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I see lots of people like about to go have a nervous breakdown because they can't, uh, they can't, they can't, it doesn't work for what, you know, for, for what, what they have going on. Uh, it's just not, it's not possible for them. And, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's for two months. Sure. That works. But, uh, I think that for a lot of companies, it's going to be a real imposition to say, Hey, we're going remote. Now you need to take your whatever third or fourth bedroom of your house and you don't have that anymore. And you're going to be in there all day long. Uh, so a lot of people are going to have growing pains for that. Um, I think there's going to be a range. I think, you know, the, the, what the dream, the dream is to be earning a tech salary in Nebraska or somewhere that would be pleasant and less expensive. Is Nebraska pleasant? I don't know. I think I, I may never have been to Nebraska. Yeah. That's one of those States where like, I, I think I've maybe driven into it and back out of it very quickly. Yeah. But I've never okay, spent corner. any time there. Like, so, I, I always think it's where North Dakota is, but it's more like next to Kansas. 
Um, and it's next to like Missouri or Iowa or mm-hmm. around those places. Iowa, I think, is where I was when I when I drove into it. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where you're like it sounds nice, but then I bet it like gets cold there in the winter and tornadoy in the summer and. Uh, I I do like lots. I mean, I I uh, you know I'm a big fan of Eastern Washington. I I love Montana. I have in-laws in Wyoming. Every time we go up, go visit, we're like we look at house prices and ask ourselves why we, why we don't live there because uh, I I could live there if I am near to an airport. Um, I could be anywhere. And see, yeah, I I like the idea of a place like Wyoming, but like I I just I don't think I can deal with places with cold winters, and that really like constrains yeah. me. It's pretty cold there. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I I find with cold winters, I I uh, I mean, I've I as long as you have studded tires and all that stuff, like you know, once you can always dress warmer, um, that kind of stuff. I I actually I'm fine with. Um, I think though that after being in Seattle for something like 15 years, uh, I probably would change my tune. Uh, you know, I'm like one of those guys that goes back to Illinois now and I'm like, I cannot believe that we live with 99,000% humidity. That's crazy. Uh, cause it's, uh, intolerable. So here's, here's the big question. Like what's, what's going to happen? So what's going to happen? I predicted a couple months ago that, uh, by June, Seattle would feel a little more normal. Um, I think that, so that's what next month. Uh, oof, boy, that's looking two weeks away, a yeah, little two and a half so, weeks away. Well, June's, June's four weeks long, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm wrong about that. I think probably by July, well, what they're, they're relaxing stuff now. Now you're, the uh, the state is saying it's okay to go pleasure boating, but they're, uh, re- recommending you don't stop anywhere or stay overnight. Um, so, I mean, that's not quite normal. Um, I think schools aren't going to go back in session. I actually, um, I was uh, subjected to a PTA meeting uh, over Zoom in my uh, in my living room the other day, and I was like, you know, listening to what they were talking about. And the real question is, like, uh, they were talking about, well, we could have, you know, students sit far apart from each other in the classroom, and we could have uh, kids on a rolling schedule. And you talking about only... the fall? Yeah. 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 So, for... so, but but here's the thing, like, uh, you you guys are a public school, right? Yeah. So. You basically get paid no matter what. Yeah. Whereas uh, we're a private school, and if school's not open, um, a lot of people are going to say like, "Fuck it, right?" Like, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not paying tuition money for a school that's not open. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and, that, and then look at college and. Uh, yeah, colleges are gonna have a tough time convincing people that uh, it's worth the same amount. So we're like we're like, we're worried about that like. It could be like a real existential threat for. Because you actually bought your house to be near the school, right? Um. Yes, we did. But I'm yeah. I'm I'm less worried from that perspective. I I mean, um, and more worried just from the school's existing perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. And then, what would you? What I mean, what what are they talking about? Are they talking about cutting to halftime or just not opening or what? Um, they're not talking about not opening. They're talking about what if we have to open as a virtual school mm-hmm. for part of the year and like would we charge less tuition or would well, we furlough we some of our employees yeah. or a bit like these are all the hard like talks that we're having. 
Um, mm-hmm. And and that's leaving aside like how my kid would be. She would like freak out and like fall into a deep depression. I think because she really <laughs> likes school and her school friends and yeah. Uh, and she's she's doing a little bit better now that she's getting kind of in the groove of online Minecraft and some of these classes and mm-hmm. things like that. But still, like she's she's having a tough go of it. And if that's school, nice. school were not open again she would have a really really tough go of it and like we we signed up for uh summer camp all summer long and they've already canceled uh, the first four weeks of summer camp and yeah, yeah. they punted the decision on the rest of the summer but <laughs> i mean the best bet is to just assume the, that it's not going to open back up the summer camp or the school the summer camp yeah well that I mean, one like should... you said i i've been thinking wow june and then you just reminded me it's two weeks away for god's sake uh I know. Uh, I should. I should start thinking harder about my Q2 OKRs, right? <laughs> what does the O stand for? It's key results, right? O is objectives. Ah, okay. Objectives are headings. Key results are bullet points. Ah, okay, fine. Um, if, if if you want to think about it that way. Yeah, we my uh, so I actually you know our our plans changed a little bit. We usually uh, we usually shoot to visit the in laws in Wyoming every summer. And, you know, it's, we've flown and we've driven and the drive's nice. It's like 17 hours on I-90 and it's some of the most picturesque highway you can, you can find. And, you know, mostly my wife falls asleep when the car's moving and, uh, the kids are, kids are fine on long drives. So it's just me sitting and listening to radio or just looking out the window. And I'm, I like that drive. Um, but you know, we were sort of pushing back on doing anything until we, we had a better sense of what was happening. But all of a sudden uh, my sister-in-law and her family with a new baby said, we're going to go to Wyoming. And they, you know, they have a whole plan where they're going to get tested and they're gonna, uh, and my, my in-laws are going to get tested. Everybody's going to get a serum test. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to pile into the car and they're going to stay in two hotels, but they're going to pack food and not touch anything and then when they get there, they're going to stay in the house for two weeks and quarantine. And, you know, I saw like a, about a three quarter mile long thread chain uh, email or text message chain about it. And I was like, then, you know, my wife said, well, did you see that, that text message chain? And I was like, yeah, I saw it. I didn't read it. Um, but she, she told me the whole, the whole contents. And, and I was like, oh no, now we have to do that. So we have to figure that out. We, uh, Christy, if you're listening, which I don't think she listens to this, uh, I think uh, I am more comfortable staying here for the next couple of months and not taking on that risk. So we're going to have to have a you know a marital uh, discussion about it. Yeah. So I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, I think we're going to keep staying closed through July, but like, what does that mean, right? Like, people like you and me are, are really lucky, and that I can yeah. I can work from home, and it doesn't. Yeah. I can do my, like, even before, even before COVID, like you were working from home. I was, yeah. I was working from home two days a week, probably one, yeah. two days a yeah. week. So it's not like that different for me. Um, no, my wife just gonna, working yeah, from gonna... home, but you know, there, there's a lot of people who uh, don't have that option. Right. Yeah. And either they're out of jobs or they got to go and put themselves at risk. And, and, yeah. you know, uh, like the, the, the discourse out there is, is really unfortunate because it's become basically you're on, you know, either team science and you think we need to keep things shut no matter what, because infection is the worst thing you can imagine, or you're on team Liberty and you think we have to like restart the economy because, you know, 
people's livelihoods are at stake. Um, and there's not room for any, any middle ground or even for saying, you know what, I'm, I'm on this one team, but I appreciate that these are like real hard trade-offs. Um, mm -hmm. And that, you know, either, neither extreme is, is good. Um, and, you know, I think two months ago when I, I had said something like, you know, if we, if we, or I definitely thought it, you know, if we expand testing and, um, and are smart about isolating people who test positive, um, then, you know, maybe we can lick this thing, but that doesn't seem like it happened. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So I, I, I think. It, it, no, it really doesn't. I'm completely it doesn't. It was wrong to think that. And I don't like. When I look at what's going on, I I have no idea like what is the end game, like what it, yeah. what is the plan, and you know yeah. uh, either uh, I don't know the federal government has a plan, I don't know the state government has a plan, I don't know the local government has a plan, I don't know I don't know that anyone has a plan. Like maybe Bill Gates has a plan, but um, no, it's it was it was uh, I you know when when we first when things start, first started shutting down, I was I was pretty pretty accepting of people reacting um, with the information they had at the time. Um, it, it doesn't, it does seem like the federal government um, could have been prepared and wasn't. And what we have in Congress is people just dicking around with fine points on what their, you know, cause du jour would be. And they want to put on a rider to any kind of relief bill. And that's fucking yeah I, I i don't know though like like for a long time like you would see all these articles like uh why is germany doing so much better than the u.s in covid it's yeah. because they're it's because their premier is a scientist or, or president yeah. is a scientist or whatever but like that was you know weeks ago now today i read oh, oh shit germany has like a ton of new cases because they decided they could open things up again so like i just feel like a lot of these judgments that we're making about like who's mishandling it are um, premature and you know I've seen tweets and I haven't dug into the data but like I, I think the governor of Georgia was doing things that people said oh this is going to be like really terrible mm -hmm. but apparently the, the the stats haven't actually backed it up and it's doing better than some other and places I, still. I, wasn't it something like California did the same thing and and the news was focused out on how backwards people in Georgia are because they did the same exact thing and nobody mentioned that California was doing something similar yeah I mean I don't even know about that I, I just think that there's so much about this that we still don't understand that to look at like how uh, how a place is handling it and then make big pronouncements about it. I think it's just a way to end up looking dumb in a month. But. I absolutely. I mean, my my experience has been that I have. I mean, I have always since I remember thinking about air travel and people moving around and, and carrying communicable diseases with them, that it's all been on my mind, like what the fuck are we going to do if something like this blows up? And so uh, maybe, you know, maybe I have uh, a really active imagination and, you know, am afraid of death. But so when, when, when this started happening, you know, my first thought was, you know, besides the fact that I was hopping on an airplane to Netherlands that week, I was like, well, of course this is happening and, you know, shut the fuck down on air travel immediately. And I am fine. Close the Washington border right now. I don't care. Like we don't know. And if you don't know, it's really hard to say. I mean, what's maddening to me is, is, um, is the, the what uh, people seem to have come down with is a, an incredible sense of certainty about what they think. And for me, my perspective is, I don't know. I don't know, man. I really don't know. And so when, 
in February, people were arguing with me about how masks don't work. I just was like, well, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't. So I'm going to wear one. And I feel like the same sort of certainty is, is making people jump to conclusions and try to crow about how they're right about things. And it's a waste of time. And yeah, it's, it's a way to look stupid, but not, not only that, it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have control over what's happening at all. Like, like you're saying people who can't work from home, like they are, there are people at home who are broke and starving and absolutely can't afford to go get medical care and they're dying. And the places, and, the places that are handling it are places who are doing things that we would never do. So, like, I have a, I have a coworker actually who is based in Hong Kong. And uh-huh. when COVID came, he took off to Japan where he also has a house and lived in Japan for a while. And he just went back to Hong Kong um, this week, actually, and I had a call with him. And he got to Hong Kong. They, like, pulled him aside, um, gave him a test. He tested negative. They stuck him in quarantine in a hotel, and he's in a hotel room for the next two weeks, and he's not allowed to leave. Um, wow. And basically everyone coming in, in the country, if they, like, like has to go through that right now. Um, and that's how they're getting it under control, I guess. And, mm-hmm. like, one, something like that would never fly here. And, two, we, even if, if even it would fly, we would never be capable of pulling that off. So, well, the logistics, yeah. I mean, you, they're, you know, Hong Kong's, like, basically a city. Right. And uh, yeah, so uh, there's so many places to sneak through borders and stuff. I mean, you, you can I, I mean, people are still flying airplanes. They're still on domestic flights and they're going all over the place. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to get really irate about kids on spring break at Fort Lauderdale. And then, you know, I, I live near Alki Beach here in Seattle. That thing was full up last weekend. Yeah, but uh, like beaches, you know, out in the sun, like I, I'm trying I don't I want to get too excited about that, right? Like it's good to be out in the sun. Like guess mm-hmm. it's bad if you're breathing on people, but mm-hmm. like otherwise better to be, you know, out on the beach in the sun than to be like crammed into a bar somewhere. Yeah, but the, okay, the thing I think I don't like is the volleyball. Um <laughs> Uh but yeah, I mean I like it like the 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 thing with elected officials is they are supposed to be, you know, dumb shits like you and me. And if I were in office right now, I would be, you know, relying on the infrastructure that was put in place before I was there. Uh, and there's a lot of limitations. Um, and I don't know, man, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions about, you know, and I, you know, you can, you should shut down the subways in New York. Well, New York can't operate without subways because that's, it's grown up around that. So, there's tons of things like that, that there's just no way to, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of blank blanket statements about things that, um, that it's, you know, I guess, you know, it's like when people were so shocked, uh, at, uh, Trump's election, it was like, they were, they were so certain that that wouldn't happen. And then they were proved wrong the next day. And it's kind of like that. Um, I mean, Nate Silver only gave like a 27% chance, like, Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't be surprised? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, so what's your what's your big prediction for between now and the next time we do this? Yeah. Um, so, big prediction would be. Um, let's see. I would say we're probably going to see Seattle Public Schools uh, reopening with modified conditions in the fall. 
Uh, we're probably going to have a hybrid online and once a week your kid comes to school, something like that. Um, we're Hopefully we do see... another episode before the fall. Right. Okay. So let's say in two weeks. In two weeks, I will still be fighting with my wife about driving to Wyoming. Um, I think that people will uh, be wearing masks for the next several months. Um, and I think that plexi barriers are going to be a reality for a long time. I think that um, a lot of companies will still be working remote in a, in a month uh, or two. Um, what else? What about you? I think I think in a month, uh, everyone who's still able to work from home will will pretty much still be working from home. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think in a month we will have opened some businesses that can't be worked from home just from the economic hardship angle. That means I think we'll see some restaurants do modified reopening. I think they're already planning on that. The, mm-hmm. the Seattle, what they said was a little bit crazy that like they basically have to take down the information of everyone who eats there so they can do contact tracing later. I'm not sure <laughs> that will fly. Um, yeah, but, sure but, I, but I think you will see people returning to restaurants, returning to more stores than just Lowe's. Um, mm-hmm. Not still, I don't 100% understand why I'm allowed to go to Lowe's and buy weed barrier, um, but I'm not really complaining because I have a lot of weeds. Um, but like, it's it's not as, it's not a serious like quarantine if I'm allowed to do that. Like I, right. I I get that like if my house is flooding, I should be able to go to Lowe's and buy like a yeah. replacement valve or whatever I need. Um, but like weed barrier, come on, like. Yeah, you'd think you'd have to have to have like a note from the from the doctor. I I don't know. Anyway, um, so so I I I, I think we'll see more things opening, and I think we'll see infections going back up, and then I, I just think it'll keep yo-yoing. Um, and I I, I think people will st- keep arguing, and um, yeah, hopefully hopefully society won't break down and hasn't yet. Like toilet paper seems to be back in stock, which I'm happy about. Um, yeah. Meat seems to be mostly in stock, which I'm happy about. So, Do you think we're still going to have those uh, Second Amendment riots in the Capitol buildings? I don't know. Do we have those before? I don't. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I've seen. I've seen that kind of riot. Uh, not riot, but uh, protest downtown Seattle. And I, I think it's wild that that's. It's like of all times, this is this is when you need to to bring your your weapon to a public place. Okay. Um. Well, let's see. So hopefully your school will figure something out and, you know, let me know. I mean, what, what if it's a boon for Sudbury? What if, uh, what if this lets Sudbury reach more, more households? You know, I, 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 I was thinking about proposing that they do like a, a marketing push, but that might be a little bit uh, macabre to go you too could, hard I on mean, that. Yeah, there's a fine line. I, I actually I have I, I think it's an interesting experiment to have so many people instantly doing homeschooling without even wanting to. And uh, so it's it's kind of funny for somebody like me who's always thought about it to have a chance to see it in action. Uh, kids seem happy and I feel like they're learning. Uh, they talk more about what they learned today, you know, at the end of the day. So from my perspective, instead of having sullen people saying they learned stuff and dropping it, you know, at least now they're excited to tell me about, about stuff they're, they're doing. So that's, but, 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 but I think there, there is, there is a somewhat interesting case that like, okay, parents, you've been watching your kids doing quote unquote remote schooling for the past couple months. And 
there are two things you may have experienced, and obviously not everyone experiences these things. One is you've experienced that uh, classes kind of suck um, and that you don't learn a lot in them. Um, and two, you've experienced that kids learn a lot not in classes um, and are happy not in classes. Um, and what if you decided to keep providing your kid with that experience? Yeah. Um, and now, you know, I'm going to get the same resistance I always get, which is, oh, no, like, you know, it's so important to learn stuff in class and it's so important to, you know, set the right path to go to a good college, although maybe some of the colleges will close. But um, anyway, but so, so you'll get the same resistance. But I think like maybe having a little bit of that experience um, will, will sway people. And like, mm-hmm. look, um, I've been. I, I love having like Madeline home and seeing her all day. Like, and I, I like the unschooling experience, but I know that like on some level, on one level, she likes being with her parents all day, but like I'm on calls half the day. My wife's on calls half the day. Um, she wants attention. She wants her friends. And so it's, it's sort of this like mixed blessing. Like it's great to hang out with my parents all day. She's still at an age where she really likes that, but like yeah. she also wants her friends. She wants to go out and play with her friends. And, and so that part is just really tough, but like, I, even for me, I feel like I have a much better understanding of like what unschooling, unschooling, unschooling is like, what it looks like, mm-hmm. um, how it would work. Um, and, you know, I like I I mean, as, as much as I preach Sudbury, like like philosophically, I'm an unschooler. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and, for me. Yeah. I mean, I grew up hating school every second of my life and uh, I only liked it when I went back uh after dropping out of college on my own terms. And, you know, for me, like, I can't relate to my kid who loves school, like some maniac, like, okay, I believe you. I don't know. I don't know why, but good for you. Um, and yet, you know, I, she's bored out of her gourd at school. She admitted a couple months ago anyway. So, um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of room for different things. And, you know, one thing I think also maybe people are getting out of this is, you know, I mean, not just for school, but, you know, remember the BBC guy where this, his kid walked in and yep. then the baby and it was just awesome. It was so beautiful. And, you know, the, the humiliation he felt and embarrassment, everybody realized, you know what? Fuck that shit. It's great. And uh, and part of what's fun for me is seeing people like I, their kid walks in the room and they're all they get flustered about it. But, you know, at the end, you just wave to the kid and it's like that's how people's lives are. And they're all pretending that uh, it's not happening around them. And for the same thing, reason, I think it's great that the kids are, you know, they're just, they're learning and they're, they're playing around and doing whatever they can. And, uh, it maybe none of that stuff matters as much. I think that may be one nice thing that came out of this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to look for a silver lining in the cloud. Still wish you didn't mm-hmm. have the cloud, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we almost did an hour this time. We're, we're, we thought we'd do short ones, but um, that's what happens when you do, only do it once every month and a half. That's right. Well, you know, we've had I've had people asking for more episodes, so uh, this is for you, our loyal fans and listeners. Uh, thanks for listening. It's always a joy to get together and chit chat, and uh, I hope everybody's doing all right. Yes, uh, you and the family stay safe, and uh, good luck with the treehouse. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'll keep posting. Shit posting treehouse. All right. All right. Take it easy. You too. Later. Bye. Your usual reminder that you can find the podcast at adversariallearning.com or on Twitter at adversarial underscore L or wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, 
I'm on Twitter, Joel, at Joel Gruz, J-O-E-L-G-R-U-S. And Andrew is on Twitter, at A-K-M. And thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.